1: Go to com and use code ACAST for twenty percent off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Scoopy radio in your area code on the train on the plane, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram, and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure most importantly, that you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast available on all platforms, uh, platforms, excuse me, iHeartRadio, Google Play, TuneIn app, Spotify, Stitcher, or simply by visiting ScoopyRadio.com. 3.5 million streams last year, and we've had anybody from entertainers to athletes to brilliant people, and no difference here with brilliant people on the line right now. We have one of my favorite gamers, Aaron Ashley Simon, TV host at Chatter Esports as well as the host of the Grassroots Podcast, Erin. What's going on, ma'am?
0: Hey, how are you? Things are great. It's a wonderful day. I'm just happy it's not snowing right now. Like, that's like the highlight of my day. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Listen, uh, if you all are paying attention to gaming like I know you are, she's one of the baddest chicks in the game as it comes to Everything, video gaming, and she's just an overall good person. You talk about snow. This weather has been crazy. We started the week with snow, to now it's like what forty, fifty degrees. This 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 weather has some type of psychosis to it. But you're right. I'm glad it is not snowing.
0: Yeah, it, it can't make up its mind. But I mean, I guess that's. I guess the weather is on that New York hustle.
2: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ran into you last night, but truth be told, I've been paying attention for you over the last year. You and I met at the Global Spin Awards in 2014 when you were at Revolt. Ah.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's been that long since I went to Revolt? That's wild. It's been a very, very long time.
2: Yes, yes, yes. You made the transition from kind of hip-hop to gaming, but I would imagine you were always a gamer.
0: Yeah, I've always been a gamer since I was a kid. I, I, oh my gosh, I remember the first time I played a video game. The first game I ever played was Sonic the Hedgehog on Sega Genesis. It was my brother's video game. And, you know, and even then, like, I have always fallen in love with it. And then I guess also the what kind of contributed to that was the fact that, like, I had an older brother. So I was, like, the younger sibling that always wanted to do what my brother did. Uh, but because of that, I was able to really have kind of like this passion for video games and I really love playing them. And it was great because my parents always supported that, especially considering, you know, I, I did well in schools, uh, school, I was the top athlete, they came to soccer in the, in New Jersey, in the country. And, and I always made sure I had all the other responsibilities checked. So my parents always allowed me to play video games. And also, which is really great. My parents are very much into tech and business. Mm -hmm. My stepdad stepdad created one of the first PC or earliest PC video games for the Commodore 64. And so video games have always kind of had a special place in my heart. I just never knew that it could turn into an actual career until Mm -hmm. uh, more recently within the past, like two or three years.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've seen you do anything from NBA 2K. That's about as far as games as I get these days when I have time to play. (laughs) But uh, you're – you're involved in in everything so million dollar question you talked about you talked about Sonic the Hedgehog being your start or where you started playing video games what is your favorite three games to play uh currently
0: oh man currently um it's crazy like that's for me that's kind of a hard question because I have to play so many games to work uh (laughs) I really okay so recently I've been playing a lot of overwatch with my friends and uh, if you don't know what Overwatch is, it's a really cool game, um, and it is one of the video games that is uh, prevalent within the esports scene. Mm-hmm. And so I got one of my friends, uh, a few of us, we we, we play it often, because one of my friends before, he didn't really want to like get into it, but now he's like obsessed with it. So we play that a lot, and it's really cool because when we get all technical, it's broken down into teams versus teams, and you'll have tanks which are like heavy duty artillery artillery and uh protection you have healers and you have the uh damage which is dps so mm-hmm. you have to pick what kind of character you want to main and when i say main it's whatever character you want to be really good at and own sure. and so we've been like having really fun with that Also, you know, we got into Call of Duty Modern Warfare recently because there's a crossplay functionality. So I've been able to play with my friends who have Xboxes, PCs. The pace of that game slowed down a lot more so that we can compete with PC gamers. So that's been really great. And also, another game that I had a lot of people that asked me to get on board with. And I've always heard this game was really good, but I just never really had the time to to really get into it. But now, considering it was like very cheap in terms of, I think it was a Cyber Monday deal. But it's an mm-hmm. RPG, RPG game. It's called Persona 5. Mm-hmm. It's, really, it's a really, really cool game. It, it has a really... I, I'm a big, big advocate when it comes to storylines in video games. I love sure. when storylines just grab you and just pull you in. And that's a, this is a video game that has really hooked me in. I think there's like 100 hours of gameplay, and I haven't really gotten that far yet into it. But... Those are the games that I've been playing a lot recently. But, of course, it's probably going to change as more games come out and and so forth. And then, of course, next year, you know, we have the PS5 coming out and everything. So, But at least for now, those are the the three games uh, I'm having uh, such a fun time playing.
2: Yeah. You said a mouthful there. Scoopy Ready on the line with Erin Elise Simon. Uh, Make sure to follow her on Twitter at Erin A. Simon. Um, PlayStation celebrated their 25-year anniversary this week. Yeah, that's cra- That's crazy.
0: It is. <laughs> it's super crazy. And it's super crazy to see. Well, what's even crazier for me is that, you know, I'm fairly young, right? I'm 27 mm-hmm. years old, but I'm still closer to the early beginnings of video games. You know, video games really started to... Uh, be developed and 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 kind of move at the at the end of the seventies, early eighties, and then it started to get a little more perfected later on. And then, of course, the first PlayStation PlayStation that came out, and I was able to play the first PlayStation games and on the PlayStation. And so, it's so it's so cool just to even think that like I was part of the early history. That like yeah, like video games are very much advanced now, but sure. to be able to see it transition, to be able to go from when yeah, you know, the first PlayStation came out, and then when the first uh, Game Boy came out, and then when we actually got color on the Game Boy, and it's just the transitional period. It, it's awesome, and, and when it comes to what Sony has done in terms of oh, and also PlayStation has uh, again its world record in terms of being the best, the the most sold. I think it's like the most sold home video game console system ever, and so right. that's is this the two. No, it's just play. It's just PlayStation in general. PlayStation okay, gotcha. in general has again its world record, and um, and, and when it comes to, I, I don't know if the, if the information has changed or not, but the the top, the most sold consoles for the PlayStation is the is the PS two and the PS four. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And it's probably going to go. And then the the, the world record that they have is obviously going to go up because mad people are probably going to get the PS5 based off of those mm-hmm. new functionalities and features that they're saying it's going to have.
2: What do you know about the PlayStation Five?
0: So some of the information it's 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 not as uh quite. I mean, well, the information that's being brought out isn't quite set yet. Uh, what we do know is that there will be. Uh, haptic feedback, um, and uh, in terms of that, let me figure out how to kind of explain this. So basically, haptic feedback is what they're claiming the PS5 controllers is going to have, which is the the whole goal is the console system is trying to have a more immersive experience. So, for when you are playing on the PS5 controller, let's just say you are uh, you're stringing up a bow and arrow, right? You're about to you're about to pull on the string. The mm-hmm. tension, you'll be able to feel that tension in the controller. Uh, when you're on, like, a off-road, uh, you're riding a car on an, off- on an off-road street or area, you'll feel that experience, and it's a more realistic sensation that's within the actual controller itself. And that's something that, you know, right now what they do have with the PlayStation controllers is that they do have the adaptive uh, trigger responses in the sense that you can actually, certain controllers that um, from uh, from, like, I mean we've seen the Xbox, but you can also have it set up where the trigger responses within the the controller system can be quicker. Uh but this is like a whole other realistic, like you wanna feel fire, all this stuff. We had Hip Hop Gamer come on, he was talking about how he it up he yeah, yeah, he came on our show and was talking about how this there's this new sensational thing where like if your character's holding fire, like you'll be able to feel the heat. Wow. And I was my mind was blown when he said that. I was like, wait a second, so is that part of the adaptive trigger? Like, what? And he's like, this is some new, new stuff, which I'm really excited for. And then, of course, with the PS5 the information in terms of um, the SSD, which is the solid-state drive. Essentially, that it'll make loading screens. Like, things will, like, load quicker, better performance. Um, so, a lot of gamers, we all hate the queue time. We hate when things load. Sometimes certain games take forever to load. That's supposed to help with the process itself uh also you'll be able to install specific game modes when it comes to games so like i think like so for example right instead of downloading all of call of duty modern warfare they'll set it up where it's like oh, do you just want to download the campaign version do you just want to download the multiplayer because that's another thing too. like right now if you try to download, like anything you get a new game or just like updates or something like that it literally can take Two, three hours, maybe an hour to download. So now the PS5 right. is allowing you want. Well, it's typically for some, certain games, like I play with my friends, I just want the multiplayer. So you mm-hmm. guys can to select that data, and it's like more fine data um, that's downloadable. And so that's what they're saying for the, P- the PS5. Now, nothing like, of course, we're going to wait and see. Right now, the PS5, based off of the dev kit, looks like a crazy spaceship. They need to change that. That's wild. Um, and that's something that a lot of people are like, we don't like how it looks. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, if it has all these functionalities, uh, the look is the last thing that
2: we're going to all be worried about, to be honest. Yeah. When I hear PlayStation five and I hear all these, you know, people talk about what it has, what it doesn't have. I'll never forget when it was a big deal that PlayStation two, um, had a DVD player, you know, because when you looked at, when you looked at Sega Dreamcast, they didn't have a DVD player. I, I'm still a Sega Dreamcast fan to this day.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> but, like, it, it's interesting to see when you hear people discuss all the different functions um, that a new PlayStation has. It's, it's, it's literally like water, water cooler conversation. And, and it's crazy. Yeah.
0: The Dreamcast, listen, the Dreamcast is underrated. I feel like people definitely sure. have swept down Dreamcast as a console and how it contribute to the overall growth of console systems. So I just wanted to say that I'm glad that you have actually brought that up.
2: <laughs> yeah, because it was the first internet, it, it was the first console to have internet even though it was dial-up.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And it actually had some really solid titles too. Yeah, they, they, people do definitely sleep on the Gene cats. It kind of upsets me, but you know what? It's right, all right. At least we, we know what it's really about.
2: <laughs> you, you know, when I was in college, one of my buddies, he had this system, he had this thing where he could burn all of the Nintendo games ever made, and you could play them on the Sega Dreamcast. What? Yeah. What?
0: That's yeah. wild.
2: Yeah. So, like, when I was in college, like, I went back home brought my Dreamcast back because we would be playing Super Mario Brothers. We'd be playing t- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. We'd be playing Duck Hunt. I had friends over, lady friends that would want to play freaking Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they had dark mean- Mm-hmm.
0: Was, as long as, I mean, hey, they want to play Barbie, you know, at least they're gaming, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Scoopy Radio on the line with Aaron Simon. You, uh, paying attention to your Instagram uh, throughout the course of the last year, you um, do some things with AT&T. What mm-hmm. exactly is your – explain your partnership with AT&T. So, um –
0: I they I guess you can word it saying like I'm an ATT an influencer, but I hate I hate being called an influencer. I joked about it before. I'm like I'd rather be called a game changer than an influencer. Uh, wow. but when it comes to ATT, they uh I, I signed a contract to do uh esports and gaming content hosting. So basically I would work with them in terms of developing content at certain esports events or gaming events. That they have sponsored and finding ways to create content that tells the story of what's going on in esports and within those specific events, but in a way where the agile cons- the the average consumer understands. So, like for example, I went to DreamHack and which is a it's like a it's like a like a gaming convention, esports and gaming convention uh conference festival, kind of like in, within those lanes. And so for that, I did like a sit down with some uh, female streamers and just talked about just certain things like, you know, do they prefer to be called gamers? Do they, do they want to also be known as female gamers? And what are some things that they want people to know about this space? And what's the best way that people can build relationships in order to find jobs and positions here, which is another big thing. So sure. for me, you know, I'm, of course they found me via you know, shout out to Juten. Juten is he works for an agency that I, that has connected me with AT and T and I work through him. And so uh with with this experience, I you know, of course, you, the content's gonna always be promotional to AT and T, but the most important thing is is to tell the story. Put the put the focus uh with the storytelling on the community more so. And that's like something that's super crucial. And they've been they've been great with the whole experience. Like they really they really want to help, uh, help provide whatever opportunities within this space. Based off the of just conversation I've had with them, or even content. And so, um, my t- my contract ended with them for this year. But you know, don't be surprised if you see me doing more content next year. So, uh, but I see. Th- I think that for next year, it's going to be more than just you know developing these storytelling content. It's going to be something that's like you know me really working with them to make sure that we provide as many opportunities and, and exposure within this space as possible through the content via AT&T. So uh, I'm really excited about that. And I'm really excited. I'm just excited for 2020. And there's just so many great things that are coming down the pipeline, to be honest.
2: I was on a phone with my sister uh, a couple of weeks ago. She said, I, I can't envision what 2020 looks like. I said, I can't. She said, what does it look like? I said, Barbara Walters. <laughs> <laughs> For those who missed that reference, twenty twenty was a show that Barbara Walters uh, hosted on uh ABC, uh long standing show with Hugh Downs, uh Scoopy on with Aaron A. Simon, uh influencer or gaming expert as I as I like to call her, um and, and, and more than anything else an overall overall good person. Why is e gaming such a big deal now?
0: Uh money everyone on the outside uh, talks about finances, the money that's within this scene. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the most important thing is people have to understand that, like, yeah, there's certain esports competitions that kids can get two, three million dollars. Teams get so much money. But there also are competitions where people don't really make that much, right? It's just like traditional sports. You have the moneymaker sports where they're like football and basketball. And then you have the other sports that, you know, don't make as much money. So, I think that a lot, like, people are seeing, like, these kids going home with millions, like, becoming really millionaires after a tournament. And they're millionaires before they're even legally able to, some of them, drive or even drink. And so people are seeing that. And then there's also, like, artists and, and celebs in the space to, to, who really love gaming, like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Little Yachty. Um, even before then, you had Lupe Fiasco. Uh, you had, uh, oh my gosh, why am I going to like T-Pain? You had, you had so many different, um, people who were advocates of the space and it just started getting a lot more attention, uh, because of the, the streams and the numbers. And then as we started to see a lot more non-endemic brands enter this space, it started to get more attention from other brands who want to get into this space. So now it's, it's kind of a bandwagon effect, to be honest. Which I'm not bashing, right? You're gonna go where the it thing is. That makes sense. A lot of brands are trying to do that. And it also creates opportunities for people within this esports space from a job perspective, from a sponsorship perspective. I mean, shoot, it's helping me out, so I'm not hating. But I will say is really it's a lot of it is just the conversations about the financial aspect, the the, the youth demographic that esports is very much tied to. Um there there are there are kids that watch competitive esports probably more than they do like regular sports or regular tv and so just the numbers the finance and everything is really grav like making people gravitate in towards this space and so and then like and then at, when you get to a point where you have brands like nike or louis vuitton entering this space it's going to force everyone else to want to get in as well so that's pretty much what's happening at this point
2: Hmm. no that's that's real huh? it's, a, it's a huge industry and it seems like many people are interested, and, and interested, and we've come a long way from just dorm tournaments or even like when Nintendo was 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 in the dorms. Like it's just really a multi million dollar industry, and you simplified it for me because uh, e gaming is is it, it, all they talk about, you know, and and it and it's just crazy how it's it's blown up. Um, for you as a as a minority uh, in in gaming. How much of it is a minority woman, how much of it of it is a plus and how much of it is a minus?
0: Um, I mean honestly, it's it's all very much a plus. I mean, the only minuses is, is the fact that like just like in any other industry, you have people who are racist. Like, point blinking mm-hmm. period, right? Uh and especially when it comes to the fact that esports and video games, a lot of it happens online. There's an a uh anonymity. So there's like the people are more courageous to say certain things, right? But mm-hmm. I think, but, and, and you know, even some of these kids, they don't know better. But I think the most important thing is like right now we're at this kind of space within an eSports where, yeah, a lot of the, you know, gaming and eSports is very diverse. But then also um, some communities, you know, aren't as diverse or, as, or still deal with toxicity or sexism. Uh, there are still some mainstream people that, focus on esports as claiming it is, you know, mostly predominantly for white kids and Asian kids. And I mean, there's plenty of black kids that play all different kinds of games. There's plenty of Latin and, and other minorities. And I think like right now, the, the the great thing about me with the position that I'm in is I'm able to highlight the diverse, not only diversity in a sense of like ethnicity, but also the diverse perspective. There's so many different people like, they're like one of the top fighting game competitors in the world, Sonic Fox. They are queer, gay, furry, and 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 want to be uh, in terms of pronouns. Wants to be called they and them. Uh, mm-hmm. You also have people who you have, you know, just kids who are just from the suburbs of Jersey. You have international players. One another top fighting game competitor is from Pakistan. And then come to find out, he's he, he uh, you know, based on what people are saying, he's he says that he's not even the best player from Pakistan. He just is one that just happened to got get an opportunity. It stands out, yeah, yeah, and, and and so it just shows you that there's so there's so much more to the scene. There's so many much like so much more story to tell, and especially for me, like I always want to tell diverse stories, and I also want to tell the stories from minority players and people within the scene because sometimes it. it, it we don't get as sometimes we don't get the, the the shine or the attention compared to some other counterparts. So I think that, and, and especially for me too, right. I'm, uh, there's not in terms of like TV broadcasting and stuff like there's not in, in terms of esports and gaming, right. There's not many of us black Latin women like with uh, being a a, instrumental face within the scene. Right. In terms of broadcasting, there are behind the scenes, like there's an, there's an agent at a, uh abrams who is a black woman and, and she has some top streamers and, and gamers and stuff like so we're around but in terms of what my lane is i'm able to fill a lane where there's not so many of us and so it comes to pros and cons it comes to the cons of the fact that like now i i get like so much of, uh, i get a lot of attention and like in the sense of like negative attention now when we do our cheddar esports show or when i do at&t because i have short hair they They claim they know my orientation and all this crazy stuff, right? And then um, the pro, though, is there are plenty of people that can see me and be like, wow, she looks like me, or she's down to earth. Like, and she's 27, I can do this. So, you know, I always say, like, if Serena Williams is one of the greatest athletes, I'm not even going to say female athletes, athletes, period. She's one of the greatest athletes, period. Till this day, she, she still gets people bashing her and saying crazy things, then listen, I can deal with what I'm going through. So it's just cool that I'm kind of pave a path for those who are gonna be following behind me.
2: Or as my mother says, they talked about Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Facts, they did. How does your background in hip hop uh help you in the e gaming space you're in right now?
0: Well, my background in hip-hop helps because hip-hop and gaming have always been synonymous with one another. Like, people, that's the one thing I've noticed. People really try to separate both entities. But, like, no, like, hip-hop music has been in video games or even, like, pop uh, R&B. Hip-hop artists typically, you know, are gamers and love playing video games. Like, I always tell people, and especially when it comes to um when it comes to like kids from you know black households uh minority households or even you know from inner cities the hood et cetera right there's, yeah. very, there's there's only a few things some of these kids can do right They either play a sport which is pretty much basketball football they can play other sports but predominantly those two they can focus on education to get out of the situation they can play video games to stay out of the street or they can get jobs right? And so, and of course, there's more options to that. But the fact that video games are part of, or are, are a way where various kids utilize it to make sure they don't get into trouble or they utilize it as a way to, I mean, there are some, there's even some hip hop artists that have built their fandoms on Xbox Live and then decided to rap. And then look, now they have a whole fan base. So mm-hmm. hip hop. Hip-hop is culture, the same way that gaming is culture. It runs culture. So that's why happiness-bound and, and knowledge and experience and hip-hop is so important. But then also, like, me doing media work with hip-hop, I've learned how to interview top celebs and, and deal with celebs who are very passionate or or have the unique personalities, I will just I'll just say. You will call it unique personalities. <laughs> uh, but it's allowed me to learn how to deal with certain people. And then, you know, with my experience in traditional sports media, I've learned the business of sports. I understand the back-end stuff. And the same back-end stuff that happens in traditional sports happens in eSports. So having this experience just provides more knowledge for me in terms of being able to navigate this space, being able to tell a story. And then now, more importantly, being able to bridge, be someone who can bridge the gap between those two communities. Even though that community, that the gap between those communities has already been bridged, intertwining it even more is something that I've been doing. And just having my experience within just music and sports has allowed me to do that.
2: Uh, Scoopy Radio on the line with Aaron Ashley Simon, gaming extraordinaire, gaming expert. Uh, one, couple things. One. I love your, your tweets uh, that you give about uh, positivity, or you, 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 you give a lot of positivity in your tweets. One of your tweets uh, said, give less energy towards people sleeping on you, the lack of support you get, not being big enough. Put more energy towards building a brand and presence, connecting with those who do support you, creating an active community, no matter how small. There's another tweet you put out, you said, for all the time people complain about how they don't have support or attention towards their content, they are mistakenly ignoring the people who are supporting them. Your most consistent supporters are your biggest marketers. And then the other tweet that really stood out, you tweeted it on December 2nd, and I'm scrolling down and I'm finding it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to find it and I can't find it right now, but what I will say is Um, looking at your tweets, this is the one you said, don't wait for other acceptance, support or validation. If you have a personal goal, go for it. Because if they don't believe in you now, they will later. Mm -hmm. Where does your inspiration come from?
0: My inspiration comes, honestly, like uh, the inspiration behind those is I've, I've, Listen, I've built content from the ground up that has that received millions of views. I created my first blog when I was 16, where I was covering AAU basketball, and especially with some help from others, I built it to the point where ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS, people were wa- looking at it. I built a video series at a company where I had Angela Ryatt, and by the second, third episode, we had over 10 million views. Like I've built stuff when no one cared and i and I built it just from the fact of putting the work, working smart, and constantly learning i I never stop learning, and I never stop and i never and i and I never ignore the people that support me along the way because those are the people that have helped me along the way, and I think that a lot of times when I see content creators like we're in this period of time where when people see things go viral, they just are like, Oh my gosh, that's what I need. And all this stuff. And I actually prefer not to go viral than to go viral. Right. And there's this whole thing of like everything happening quickly. That's not how it works. And a lot of times when we come and we end up comparing ourselves to others, we want to speed the process and compare in a bad way. Right. I don't think it's a bad thing to look at what someone else is doing well and then figure out how it can apply to yourself. But the problem is is people look at other individual successes and then downplay their success. Mm. They look at themselves as if they're not doing enough and et cetera. But at the end of the day, part of it is timing. And another thing too is, yeah, they may do that really well. But if you like focus in on your lane, you could go even bigger. It's like that photo where the guy, one guy is digging on one end, another guy yep. is digging another hole, and one guy gets a diamond, and the other one stops digging and he's, and he's right there. That's the problem that happens with content creators, and it also happens with them when they're not seeing the numbers they that they think that they deserve. Right? That's a problem. People don't understand how social media numbers work or community works. Right? Community engagement. They think that oh, I'm gonna put this out as the greatest idea ever. I'm gonna get so many views, and then I get a hundred, and then I get upset. It's like nah. You have, you just introduce something to an audience. You have to build a community around it. You. you have to build people to like it. And then, then I don't like it. Like I, this is my thing. I hate complainers and I hate problem people and, and not hate in the sense of like, not hate in a bad way. Right. I'll Let me rephrase. I'll say dislike. I really dislike people who are complainers in the sense of that they always want to talk about problems and never have solutions. Right. And especially when it comes to content creation, you know. People think that they have the hottest, the hottest thing in the world, right? You can't make like it's not for you to dictate if your if your content piece is hot. It's for the audience, the community you're trying to target yeah. to determine it, right? And people don't understand. There's a it's 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 a it's a balancing act, right? It's a balance between what content you want to put out and also what content's going to resonate with the community. And you may love your content, but then also understand that your content may not resonate with a whole bunch of people. So that means you're going to have a smaller but more very active community. Then you may have content where, like, you're just like, I'm going to do whatever the community wants. And you're going to get a lot. Or you can be in between, which is essentially what we do for Crafts. We do things that we want to do, but we also listen to our fans. Because the problem is a lot of times when people do content, they're so focused on getting newer fans that they don't take the time to appease their current fan base. And that causes them to lose their fans, to lose numbers, and etc. You have to not only figure out how to find new people that are just like your current fans, but also make your fans happy. Make your fans feel like they're growing with you. Like there's ways to go about it, and I can't I can't give an answer for that because it really depends on what your platform is. But your your most loyal fans are your biggest marketers, and by creating a content journey um for your audience where you go from a casual listener and figure out how to take a casual listener to a frequent listener and then taking a frequent listener and having them become a loyal fan once you create that loyal fan it goes back to that 1,000 fan concept right when you get 1,000 fans right and you and you have them buy 20 shirts right look at mm-hmm. that it's 20,000 dollars right there
1: right and it's
0: just like it, it it's it's so I feel like sometimes when people are, you know, creating content, because I get a lot of people that ask me questions about content creation, and I think the most important thing is sometimes people are trying to be so creative that they don't focus on some of the foundational things that come with it.
2: They do too much because they don't have their blinders on and they're looking to the left and to the right instead of staying focused.
0: Yeah, you gotta be focused. You gotta focus. I always tell someone like, don't compare yourself with others. Compare yourself from how you were three months ago. Six months mm-hmm. ago, right? Because when you start comparing yourself to others, like first of all, you don't know what that person is going through. You don't know if they have like a massive backing that you don't have. They're not saying anything about. You don't know like if they spent ten years on it and they finally get their shirt. Like you don't know. There's there's so many things here you know, for what we do for, for grassroots that people don't know about. And I just think that like when you start comparing. You're only seeing, it's like the the tip of the iceberg. You're only seeing what's at the top. You're not seeing what's below the water. So that's why you you shouldn't compare yourself with other people. But you should look at other people to see, like, hmm, they're doing this really well. And I think this could apply to us. Like, how can we figure it out? But at the end of the day, the only only thing that you should be comparing yourself with was how you were yesterday, how you were the day before, how you were three to six months ago, because the ultimate, the ultimate key to success
2: is consistent progress. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you you said a mouthful. Scoopy radio talking to Arizona. Who inspires you in the industry? Who have you taken bits and pieces from them and and and, and kind of you know they say Kobe Bryant watched Michael Jordan play. They say yeah, you know Jay Z watched Big Daddy Kane uh, perform, and Juel Santana watched Jay Z and had the the luxury of being around Cameron. For you, who who are some people that you look up to and you've taken some of their work and maybe applied it into your work?
0: Ah, uh, well one of the people that I I look up to and I really follow him and I mean he's a good friend of mine he's been a mentor of mine for for quite some time as well it's Rob Markman and just the way that he has grown in terms of his content and in terms of being real um in the sense of you know speaking on things that need to be spoken about really taking the time to do extensive research to make every act feel like you take you really did your research and you really care about everything that they say. Um, I really just, how he does his interviews and how he just is so knowledgeable about the space that he's in is really something that's super important. And so I, I, I really look up to what he does. Um, and then, you know, within, within esports, right. I mean, esports there's, there's more, there's a lot of people I see, you know, I, I have friends like my friend, NARS, Malik Forte, Julie, uh, uh, my team at Cheddar Esports. Um, just, I just see how everyone moves in this space and is passionate about this space, and how welcoming they are, and how they really, some, you know, people really take the time to just educate me and to help me. And and, and now it's like I'm doing the same as well. because I don't, I, you know, I, I knew a lot about you, but I don't, I didn't know everything about esports. I didn't know everything about every game. So I'm, I, it's a continuous learning thing. Like you constantly kind of learn from daughter. so my daughters from the community is something different friends I have in this space. You know, I learned so much from because they just the knowledge that they're willing to pass down to me. It, it shows how important it is to help help those that are you know down the ladder from you to help bring bring them up. And especially if they're if they're good people and they're part of the community and they're providing value to the community. Um, other person is my mom. Like I'm my family left Puerto Rico, grew up in like Bedside, the Biggie Bedside, and uh, far away you know, not with a whole lot of money and really turn a situation that could have been like bleeding life, and this sucks. And, and it really got us all out of there. Right. Like my entire family is, is not we're not on the hood anymore. And it's just like to see my mom work her butt off and to make sure that me and my brother could have a good life. It really like inspired me to show that you no know, shit things happen in life, but I can't sit here and not put in the work and just blame what happens to me. I have to just take control of what I can take control of to do, take myself to wherever I need to go or to take myself out of whatever situation that I need to take myself out of. And so to see my mom take take our family to the next level, and, and my grandma, my aunt, my family, right? And, and to take take ourselves from being, like, you know, even though Puerto Rico is, is part of the U.S., it's, they still immigrated over here, right? So mm-hmm. to see that happen and to see where we are now it just motivates me even more. I'd be like, all right, well, now it's my job to take my family to the next level. It's my job to help provide for my family and to help take care of my parents. And that's the next thing that I need to do and even help my brother with what he's trying to do in the fitness world, right? And so that's just to see the, the foundation and importance of family and also just understanding that, like, life is shitty sometimes and i'm sorry if mm-hmm. i'm not supposed to curse but it is no nah, you good <laughs> and, uh, you can't you can't blame you can't blame what happens to you on everything that's in life like you have the power of choice you can choose to let that pull you down or you can choose to be like f that like i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna say this anymore and i've had situations plenty of situations like that in my life where i had to make decisions like that and so those people have definitely motivated me and inspired me to be where I am now. And, you know, my mom always told me like, speak your mind, like stand up for what you believe in, especially when it comes to the workspace, right? People don't expect sometimes women to negotiate deals and to tell them like, I, I, I you know, I'm not going to take this because I know I deserve more. Like just be able to understand your worth and value and, 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 and go for it. Don't let anyone undermine it. Like, that those have been so instrumental and it has assisted me in terms of the moves that I m that I'm that i am making. And even to the point where, you know, I have I have some really big news coming up. Um, you know, it's another it's another big step in my career and uh I really look forward to letting everyone know, but i wouldn't have gotten to that point if it was just for the overall support, inspiration, guidance that I've had from all those people and even and even others that I haven't
2: named, so then think by a journey. <laughs> What is your biggest resolution for twenty twenty?
0: My biggest resolution is my goal is to change twenty people's lives hmm. and and when I say change twenty people's lives, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a massive impact. I think for me it's I feel like if you are able to positively change someone's life for the good in any way like you already accomplished something that's bigger than anything. Uh, And because for me, for me, I don't care about the notoriety. I don't care about the attention. Like, I've always worked behind the scenes. I have friends who are NBA players. I have friends who are famous, right? I don't really care about that stuff. But, you know, as part of my career, I've realized that I've had to put myself in front of the camera and, and and become as quote unquote in this space in order to help more people. And for me it's like being able to take the influence and, and what I do to, to to help at least twenty people. And it can be in any way, right? Like I'm trying to work with um, I'm trying to work with the brand to help develop a mentorship program which will be a career path journey for people who want to get into have a career in esports and gaming. And I'm interested in, in, in trying to get that done within an H B C U. And then also, you know, there's other things like I wanna be able to do uh, workshops where I'm teaching content creators and having them gain the power of, of, of understand they have the tools at their disposal. It's about just about how well you how you use them, how you go about using them. And so I say twenty because I think twenty you know, it's twenty twenty. So I wanna go for twenty people. And but I feel like that's not where I wanna stop. Like I wanna continue utilizing what I have to help others because I, throughout my entire career, I've had so many people, even like I've had people from my mentor of, of, of 10 plus years, Mike Hill, uh, my, my mentor, Josh help who's co-founder of my magazine, even Jamil Hill helped me in college. Like I've had so many instrumental people help me throughout my career. And so I need to do the same because I, I had an opportunity that most people never get or can't get because of the circumstances they're in. The least that I can do is for the people that I can reach, try and help them in whatever way I can, whether it's creating, you know, putting out information and knowledge about content strategy and all the way up to, like, mentoring or all the way up to helping someone get a job. Like, that's just for me. Like, I've always been someone who wants to help people. And I think I'm at a point in my life now where I know how to go about helping people where it's like I'm not even taking advantage of but making sure that I'm making an impact because I'm a firm believer that when you help other people, that's when you create a legacy. When you impact someone's life for the better, that's when you create a legacy. I'm not trying to create a moment.
2: I want to create a legacy. Enough said. Every time and you are off the hot seat from Scoopy Radio. Thank you so much for joining me today, ma'am. Thank you
0: so much for having me. This is fun.
2: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right, I'm going to let you go, but enjoy the rest of your day. Tell everybody where they can find everything that you have going on.
0: All right, guys, you can find me on all social media platforms at Aaron A. Simon. I think the only platform that's a little different is TikTok. That's Aaron A. Simon 1. You can also catch me on Twitter Esports. Uh, you can go to our Twitter account to watch the show or Twitch. Twitter is at Cheddar Esports, and Twitch is twitch.tv slash Cheddar. We are on Monday through Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern.
2: You heard it first. Erin, thank you for joining me once again.
0: No problem. Thank you so much. Scoopy Radio. Overtime!
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80%
0: less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus...